Welcome to the Movie Journey Podcast, where we break down every film from the IMDb Top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way. My name is Daniel Henderson, and this will be the last time I give you an offer you can't refuse. And I'm Dean Jeffrey, and after watching these two films, I'm staying away from oranges now, I think, because they symbolise death, Hendo. Didn't we discuss in the first Godfather that they actually didn't, and it was just a coincidence? Yeah, but I think uh, then after the first Godfather, they embraced the oranges oh, as a symbol of death. Okay. Right? Because there's more oranges in this fucking film. All right. All right. And today we are finishing our breakdown of The Godfather Part 2. Yes, we are. Very exciting times to smash out these two fantastic films. And uh, yeah, this will be our, our ending of it, Hendo. Yes. It's been uh, quite a journey, this little, this little mini movie journey. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Where are we up to with this? We've we started off. With We're up the, to the second. We, were the, we did the 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 first half essentially, just locked it off, and yep. now we we head into the, We're up the to second our veto. Third veto. Oh, third, third, second De Niro. Second De Niro. Yes, of course. Yes. So we've got some really old school uses of some uh, medical work here on Sonny with the the glass cup, like with the fire on his belly. That's not correct, Hendo. Poor little Fredo has pneumonia. Was it, it Fredo? It's oh, Fredo. I must, I must have missed that. Sonny line. is a tough baby. He would never get pneumonia. You got poor, that weak makes Fredo. Much more sense, you got yeah. weak little Fredo here. Of course, he was a sick baby. I must, I must have missed the, uh, the Italian subtitles that came up. <laughs> Isn't it funny though? You're watching it you're just like fuck. They really do want to just push Fredo down. <laughs> well, that makes that makes a lot more sense as well with uh, his you know his monologue later on in the movie as well. Hmm. Yeah, being a gypsy and just being you know pushed aside. Outcast. Then, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I gotta say, watching this and. Like we've we've talked about De Niro, he ha- he's had like ten minutes of screen time maybe so far. He is, I think I did read last night that he does have like forty something minutes. So obviously this yeah. part there will be a lot more De Niro, thankfully, because you know it's De Niro. How good's De Niro? This bit here where he's just standing there, he's got like his arms crossed, one hand over his mouth, watching his baby just scream yeah. like. Like I, I've been there, where mm. like, and not not like pneumonia kid yeah, not who might die. No, not stuff like that. But when you know your your baby won't stop crying, yeah, it's it's you fucking tough. You feel helpless. Yeah, exactly, helpless. So, helpless. Uh, <laughs> you, I know you restrained yourself. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like, do it. don't sing Hamilton. <laughs> this is a Godfather podcast, Hendo. <laughs> you act like a man. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Poor Fredo. But Don Fanucci. Yeah. He, uh, he jumps in the car with Vito. Yeah, sure. Why not? He, he runs the town. He can do what he wants. He just gets in. Yeah. Are there doors? No, there's no doors. These yeah. are the open door cars. Yeah, yeah. yeah until they realise that was uh, quite unsafe. <laughs> to have people just like jump in your car. Is Very easy if, to rob cars. If, if only there was some way <laughs> we could stop people from falling out of the car when they crash. How'd you go today, babe? Oh, I, you know, I got mugged in the car. Go, oh, yeah, somebody just jumped in as I was driving. Yeah, so, yeah makes sense. Third time this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's all about getting a bit of the old piece of the money here that these guys are, are taking. Yeah, so it's clear that Vito and his gang's... I mean, is it Vito's gang at this point? It's probably Clemenza's gang at this point. Yeah, I think it becomes Vito's gang more when he starts talking at the table. Yeah. Yeah. When he takes over there. But no, at this point, you know, Fanu- but but interestingly, it is Fanucci who goes to Vito. He's not going to Clemenza. Well, maybe he's the first one he saw or he found. Maybe. I guess it wouldn't matter to him. But he says, you know, I've heard you've been stealing. You don't, you're not even giving me anything. How dare you? Give me 200 each and I'll forget the insult. <laughs> this guy. Well, he you know he's the kingpin at this point, mm. and he threatens him with cops. Yeah, you know he's not saying I'll have my guys beat you up or anything. He's like, I'll just send my cops to your place. Yep, so they're all in on it here. We got uh, Tessio's here as well. Tessio, you got to watch this one. 
He's yeah, a sly he's bastard. A, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I love that it's, you know, Tessio from, from part one. Yeah, the little crew here back in the day. Yeah. Yep. And Vito's just like, I don't understand why we should pay him. It's like, they got guns, we got guns. Why are we doing this? Yeah, when did he when did he turn from the, the, the nice guy Vito to, yeah, I'm going to get some guns and start killing people? I mean, it's right here, isn't it? It has to be. Like, this must be the time he changes. Yeah, he's getting squeezed and he doesn't like it. He realizes that this is the world that he lives in now and he has to adapt. Hmm. So when he say when he's telling Clemenza and Tessio, give me a hundred and I'll and I'll you know, no, give I'll, him give him fifty. Yeah, yeah, and I'll go and make him an offer he can't refuse. He's this is in his mind. I'm going to go kill this guy right now. Then why is he asking for money at all? So he can yeah. sit down with him, give him something. But like if he's because he does give Fenucci this money, but then he takes it back off of him. Like no, when he kills him. It, yeah, he ro- he he robs him when he kills him, but. But why go through the risk of of Fenucci just not exploding and killing him there? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if you if you, if he's already thinking, hey, I want to kill this guy, surely you just do it. So I don't think he's. I think he's trying to do it via his you know art of persuasion. Like actually not not actually saying, all right, I'm going to kill him. He's going to say, right, I'm going to try and make a reasonable offer here. All right, if that doesn't work, then we kill. Because if you think about he Vito, gets, he gets the right answer, doesn't he? Well, he said he wants more. No, I think Fenucci's like, you, yeah, you got balls. I like you. I've got a job for you. Like, you can work for me. Yeah, okay. You're right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, odd. Yeah, I don't think we're missing anything here. He, sh- he could have just killed him straight off. Yeah, anyway. Yep. He goes and, yeah, like we said, sees him. Oh, hold on. Before we do that, he even says to Clemenza and Tessio, he's like, just remember I did you a favor. Yes, I wrote that down. <laughs> like, he's so big on the favors. Like, he loves a favor. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love the way when when he is meeting with Fenucci and Vito, you know, puts the money down. Fenucci just instantly puts his hat on top. Yeah, and he's like, uh, "Nope." <laughs> it's like I can see there's only a hundred dollars under my hat. There. Which means, you know what this means, don't you? How much has Vito paid? Oh, he's paid nothing. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not even putting his fifty in. He's nah. like, "Nah, I'll give you nothing." But he's so he's so cool as well. He's like, "Oh, I'm a bit light on money at the moment. Help you, me out." You understand, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I was watching this like, seriously, this is his plan? Like, ah, oh, we're all good, right? You understand? And it is a pre-plan because he's got the gun hidden up at the top of the roof. I thought like there might have been a point where when he pinches his cheek and that, he's probably going, right, that's it. That's, I'm yeah. going to get him. But no, no, it's all planned, ready to go. Yeah. Like he's figured out where Fenucci lives and he's got this, you know, ready to go. With this with this awesome shot of him going across the rooftops, following him along while he's yeah. down in the parade. And he, he uh, oh, you know, he doesn't rob him of the $100. So I'm pretty sure, doesn't he put that $100 on the, the statue of the Jesus or the money? on it and everyone's like oh Fenucci you're so fantastic hmm. I don't know I don't remember that okay but no, Vito gets an orange before he goes running on the rooftops yes loves an orange we'll call back to number one is that the last time you're going to mention oranges here oh, we'll see I'm sure there's more oranges <laughs> I'm sure there is yeah so the actual uh, murder of Fenucci I thought was done really well yep like the, the, the steps coming up the uh, use of lighting the the Vito like having thoughts, having doubts. Like he's he's he could have done it a couple of times, but you see him like he's standing there waiting. Like, am I going to do this? Like this is his, this is his first kill, mm. and he's contemplating, am I going to do this? Mm. And then finally, when he opens the door and sees him walking up, gets the shot. So, um, the first one's like standard shot, but the next one goes like goes through his cheek, and the yeah. way he freezes and and stands there, it's like, geez, yeah, it's pretty violent. Yeah, um, I, this is. Uh, would you say this is a more violent film than the first one? Nah, because I think Sonny's death is yeah. is more. Um, definitely more blood. Because The Godfather in Australia is rated R. And Part 2 is rated M. Yeah. I don't think The Godfather deserves the R rating. Oh, definitely not. By no. today's standards, 
Probably MA. Yeah, MA, because, yeah, the sunny kill is brutal. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, But is this really the only violence we get in part two? That you see, yeah. It is, isn't it? There's strangulations and there's off off, uh, screen kills. I I guess uh, Frank Pantangeli's um, attempted murder. Yeah, the strangulation of Johnny Ola as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, the bodyguard. Yeah, he gets shot in the head. What's his name? Bruschetta. Busetta. Okay. Uh, but they don't say it in the film. I think it's um just, you know, according to the script sort of thing. Fair enough. But then there's, like, even not just the shot in the cheek, but the next shot when he comes up and, like, jams in his mouth and shoots him up in the head. Yeah. That's, like, oh, oh all right. Quite jarring. Yeah, it is. It is. Which is why, like, we talk about the rating. This is why I watched part two before part one. Yeah. I don't think I was allowed to watch part one. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah. Good times. Interesting that the gun sets the, the towel or whatever he's got on fire, the cloth. I like that effect. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's uh, hot. Would it really, though? I mean, who knows? Maybe. Those old guns. Yeah. Fire off, let some sparks off. Shooting twice would probably set it on fire. I think this is the only time we see uh, Vito kill or yeah. Michael kill, for example. Like, the Godfather actually doing their own killings. Yeah. This is this is a good parallel between them. Before their you know, Godfather days... This is how they set themselves up as, like, this is their turn. Yeah. So, this and the Michael killing the police captain. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I like how he disposes of the gun, just breaks it all up into different pieces and drops it all down different chimneys along the roof. Yeah. Are they, like, like chimneys that, like, a, a family's going to be like, huh, why is part of this gun in my fireplace? <laughs> I mean, do you think they're going to notice a small piece of metal? In I mean, the- if they're sitting in the living room, they would. I mean, everyone's out celebrating the, this festival at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Ah, but we see baby Michael. This is good. I like like this just before this intermission. Your father loves you very much. Benesai, Benesai. Especially (laughs) when you get to what's going to happen to Michael coming up as well. Mm. Yeah, a little intermission here. Yes. Didn't want to do the intermission for the break last week, Dean? I mean, I got to... No, I didn't. All right. You sent me a picture. You're like... Let's uh, cut it here. And it's a picture of De Niro. And I'm like, all right, we'll go away for that. Would have been funny as you'd be like, let's cut it here. It's just a picture of the word intermission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was surprised there was an intermission. I wonder how long the intermission was in uh, in theatres. Well, when we went and saw The Hateful Eight at the Astor Theatre, how long was the intermission there? 15 minutes? Oh, yeah, I would have I would have said 20. Yeah? 15 is not long because I want people to buy snacks. Yeah, true. Maybe it was longer. Yeah, it, I would say closer to 30 than 15. Yeah. Probably what it would have been for this one, too. Yeah, you'd imagine so. But we're back to Michael. No one's there to greet him. Walking out in the snow. There's a big, long shot of him looking at the snowed-in kid's car Yeah. as well. Any thoughts, symbolisms there? The kid's car. I mean, I think that was... Wasn't that the gift that Hagen bought his kid? He's like, oh, did do you make sure I got them something for Christmas? Did he know that? I'm not sure if they mentioned the car. It's like, yeah, I got, I got something. Okay. I got a car. Hmm. I think like this whole scene, there's no one else here. It's just, it's literally Michael just walking around the house and just, this, yeah. is, this, is, this is not what would happen with Vito. He'd come home and everyone would be there to greet him and shower him with praise. Yeah, but this isn't a happy moment. This is like, this is really sad for Michael. Like, because of what you say, like there is no, it's not a loving environment anymore. Whereas yeah. Vito's it's family very, was very cold. Yeah, very cold. Snow, snow obviously emphasizes that. Yeah, hospitality. Hospitality. <laughs> okay, um, but Kay's there knitting, and even this bit, like you see the the struggles that you know they face in their marriage. He's just watching her and then leaves. Yeah, he can't. He doesn't, he doesn't have, even he doesn't speak have to her. an emotional connection to her at all. Like, he doesn't know how to properly talk to her. Hmm. We've got the start of the deposition here. We've got Chi Chi here, basically writing him out. Yeah. 
Somewhat. He's not saying that he personally got told by Michael to, to kill all these people. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, you know, they, they've got the order sent they down. They come down, like, which yeah. is why they need Frank later yeah. on. Because this is sort of the start of, right, let's get Michael. But he's not actually, like, it's all hearsay. Like, oh, this guy told me that Michael said to do this sort of thing. Yeah, it's exactly. like, eh, that, that's it's not yeah. as as damning as if Michael told me this. Yeah. <laughs> I like that... Uh, Senator Geary was on the panel. Yeah. yeah. You know, just he's asking some follow-up questions. <laughs> but this Chi-Chi guy, he's like he's remarkably casual here. Oh yeah. He's, he's like, laughing yeah. and just leaning back, like, oh uh, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, you say you, you say that. Sure. That, whatever you said there, yeah, that's that's what it is. Yeah. Like surely he understands the ramifications of what's happening. We never see the the end result of Chi Chi, do we? Like I see him in a in a ditch somewhere. No. no. Okay. But we get Michael walking around this compound again. Oh, I do I do remember after seeing Chi Chi again here, I realized that's the guy who was taking out some of the, the five family in the first Godfather. He's the one who shoots the guy stuck in the, the revolver, revolver. Oh really? Door. Yeah. Oh good. Yeah. I remember the face. I'm like, that's that guy. Oh cool. Yeah, Michael talking to his mum. Yeah, mama. Getting real real deep with her here. Definitely. It's like tell me, what did Papa think deep in his heart? <laughs> But, you know, Michael's obviously worried he's going to lose his family. Yeah. And I think walking around the compound, not being able to talk to his wife, he's just like, well, I'm I'm trying to be strong, strong for my family, but in being strong, could I lose my family? Like, that's obviously yeah, what need, he's thinking. You would need to act a little bit vulnerable here and actually talk to your wife, maybe. Like, yeah. this, is, this is, again, we look at the parallels of Vito and Michael earlier on. Now you look at the contrast between them. Like, Vito, this is not, this was not Vito. No. Vito would be just all over it and he would, family number one, and he would be dedicated to, mm. you know, sorting this out where Michael just, mm. he's headstrong, but he's, he's stubborn. Yeah. And he just, he feels like that maybe, like, lowering that is a sign of weakness. Yeah. 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 But Mama's got some great, great answer here. She's just like, you can never lose your family. Because that's how she has lived her life. Yeah. It's like families, families forever. And that is the advice he does not take. No. Not even a little bit. All right. Back to Vito. Back to Vito. See, that was quick. That was a quick little Michael segment, wasn't it? I think the the Vito one, uh, I think it's here, is actually quite quick as well. What have we got? Oh, he's been gifted oranges. (laughs) 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 Of course he is. Uh. He's big time now. (laughs) Just like that. I mean, you've killed the Don. Yeah. Is it just like a... Does everyone know he killed the Don? Yeah. I, because I, he killed the Don, now he is the Don? I don't think he's the Don now. I think that... So, let's say Fanucci's going around to their place every week or so wanting a handout, and now they don't have to do that, and they know Vito did it, then they're giving him, like, little portions. Like, they're not giving him the same amount. And this, and when they're doing it, it's a thank you so much Thank it's you not, for it's not do- a fear thing, is Thank it? you for doing me this favor. Yeah. You know, it's now through love that they're giving back yeah. to Vito. It's yeah. it's great. <laughs> what do you make of the uh Colombo uh storyline here, situation if you will? So this I guess, I guess it's explaining exactly what you said here, the way he handles business like mm. this. So very, well done. He's very nice and calm and generous. Even when he gets, when he's speaking to him later on, and he's just going at him and like, who, who are you talking to here? Like, yeah. go fuck yourself, basically. Yep. And he's just like, it's okay. Like, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll work this out. He doesn't like, don't see a little twitch in his eye go, and then it cuts to him like mm. getting him murdered. He's just, no, no, we talk rational here, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll make an offer. Yeah, yeah, because Roberto's the landlord, and he says to him, listen, so the, you know, Colombo's got uh, this dog. 
The dog the keep that won't stop barking. Yeah, it keeps so barking. The boy loves the dog. the dog. They do get rid of it, but it's too late. And they, yeah. And yeah. So a new tenant. Vito manages basically to convince Roberto to let him stay. Yeah. He's like, here's six months rent in advance. Don't tell him I gave it to you. And Roberto's like, all right, fine. And he's like, but the dog stays, right? It's like, uh, <laughs> uh, no. no. <laughs> That's when he goes off at him. <sighs> but of course, does Vito tell Roberto here, ask around about me. I think he does say something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. He said, I'm, I'm good for my word. Like, ask around. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's when he realized, that's when he comes back, he goes, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize it was you. <laughs> yeah. I like the can't open the door stuff. It's pretty funny. Yeah. And that's, that's Sunny with him there, isn't and, it? Is that Sunny? Or is no. that, that's too old to be Sunny? That's not Sunny. Okay. I thought it might have that's, been old um, Sunny. Genko. Oh, yes. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Sunny. Get well, offered. Yeah. I think De Niro hasn't aged as much there compared to uh, what Sunny would have. <laughs> nah, but. You know, Roberto's the one, or the first one we see here that calls him Don Vito. Mm. That's, mm. that's good. He's like, oh, Don Vito. I like that name. Yeah. And the way that Vito sort of intimidates him here is just through silence. He's like, oh, I'll take $5 off the rent. And De Niro's just like, mm-hmm, looking, mm-hmm. He's like, uh, $10. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is something something that this movie does fantastic is like I've already mentioned contrast and that like seeing the rise of Vito with the fall of Michael mm. and just how both of them are doing things completely differently and the effects that it has on their entire lives. Yeah, it's uh it's very well done and the the amount of times it cuts back and forth in this film I think is like just right. Like having too many going back and forth might sort of um get a bit confusing, a bit jarring. But I think the blocks that they have with this film, it works really well in, compar- in comparison to where they are set at that time. Hmm. Well, originally there were a lot more cuts yeah. um, and test audiences complained about it. Hmm. So they changed it. Yeah, and, and it worked. Yeah, it's great. But now we're back at the Senate hearings now. Yeah. He's saying that the term Godfather is a term of affection, yes. term of respect. <laughs> Michael is just... He's so he's laid back here as well, but it's just more strict as well. It's like, nah, this is all false. It's false. This is all, this is just hearsay. Mm. I it's deny a everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that Pat Geary here. Senator ah, Geary. Yes. He goes on about how great Italian Americans are. He frosted the Corleones. <laughs> oh, it's it's so funny. Um, but it's it's interesting that Kay's there at these Senate hearings. She doesn't say or do anything. She just hangs her head yeah. like. When, especially when they're t- asking about, you know, did you organise, you know, the police captain killing, uh, the heads of the five family killings, and Kay's just like, you see Kay, like, it's almost just like- it's like, what? Yes. Just hang the head. Yep. It's like all this shit she has no idea about. No, here's Frank Pengentelli. Pen- don't- you're gonna- you're gonna get me <laughs> saying it wrong. Frank Pentangeli. Pentangeli. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, so he's this new key witness they've got who's going to testify directly against Michael. Yeah. And he's aware of what he's doing. Like, he's, he's telling these cops, you know, my life won't be worth a nickel after tomorrow. So, at this point, he is actually going to be doing this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Thousand percent. Yeah. Thousand percent. And we get a big explanation here from Tom to Michael as to why he would be doing this, obviously, when he went to, to the Rosado brothers and nearly got killed. Yeah. Blames him. Yep. It's all Hyman Roth. Yeah, because he thought, he would think that Michael double-crossed him. Yeah, especially when they say, Michael Corleone says hello! I mean, yeah. <laughs> I read that that was actually ad-lib, yeah. which is insane, because it works so much better than it's there. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine if it didn't say that, and he's just like, yeah, he blames you. It's like, well, okay. Sure. Surely could have a little bit of more, a little bit more faith in him. Yeah. Now we get a little bit of Michael and Fredo talk here. Yep. Fredo comes out firing. Probably not the thing to do. 
Yeah, he's sort of he's blaming Michael for it. Yeah. It's like, oh no. But I mean, kid brother. At least he says, you know, I, you know, he says he didn't know it was going to be a hit. So, I mean, if you think about it, like Fredo's the rat. He's the man on the inside that they used. He must have opened the drapes. All right. When Kay says, Michael, why are the drapes open? Or is it Michael that says, why are the drapes open? No, I think it's Kay. No, Kay says it. Um, It must have been Fredo that opened the drapes. Has to be. Why else would he open the drapes if he didn't think it was going to be a hit? Yeah. Doesn't make sense. Now we get Fredo's sob story here. (laughs) You're my kid brother. You take care of me. Uh, John Cazale is really good. Oh, he's so good. Really, in this. really he's good. He's so good in this. Yeah, because he's not in the first one much. But nah. I mean, the story's not really about him. You get no, a, you get a couple of moments where you know he's the bumbling idiot brother, and and that's about it. But uh, this one, yeah, definitely more focus on the Alfredo. I was stepped over. <laughs> it's like, yeah, look at yourself, as if you're going to be a fucking don of the family. I know, right? But I think where is it? That- <laughs> and Michael's just hold on. Michael's just like, it's the way Pop wanted it. It ain't the way I wanted it. <laughs> I'm smart. I want respect. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where he's do you so think is the point that Michael makes the decision where he's like, I don't want to ever see you again. I don't think he's already made it here. I think he needs to hear from him first. Do you think it's like Fredo having the tirade or do you think it's when he says to him, this is what I did with Johnny Ola and this and that. And that's when Michael's like, you've clearly gone past the line here. Like, cause he, for this point before this, he's basically said, oh, they've definitely used him. Like he didn't know what he was doing. But after he's explained himself, he's like, you're a fucking idiot. You clearly knew what was going on. I mean... He was always going to do this, wasn't he? Was he? You think Michael's going to let this slide that Fredo nearly had him and his wife killed? Not so. Not to the point where he's going to fucking have him offed. I mean, I disagree. Okay. I understand, like, in the sequence of events in this film why you would say that, but I can't imagine Michael would ever let this slide. Like, he's, is, is it this? I, 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 would, I would have accepted, I don't want to see you again, that's it. But then when he's like, nothing happens to him after until mum has yeah. gone. Like, he's got it in his mind now, I am going to kill you for this. Yeah, like, but it, maybe he's had this visit with Fredo, so this is the time where he can say, listen, I don't ever want to see you again. Because this mm. is, like, after he says, you know, I know it was you, uh, I mean, he sees him outside, like, come here. Like, come back. Uh, like, You're still my brother, Fredo. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still think there's no way he would ever let this slide. I mean, maybe he's had time to stew on it after that. You're not a brother or a friend. I don't want to know you. Yeah. When you're coming in to see mum, I want to know a day in advance, so I'm not there. <laughs> he's so he's just so cold. Yeah. It's great. So back at the hearing here, Frank shows up, and uh, oh, Sly Corleone's here. I've flown in his brother from Sicily. Hmm. Did you catch who was uh, behind Frank at this point? What actor just <laughs> randomly popped up in this film? No. Harry Dean Stanton. Really? Yeah. I looked it up. It's him. What's he doing? Just an extra. He's just like one of, I think he's one of the army guys who's just bringing Frank in. Okay. Fair enough. I was like, is that fucking Harry Dean Stanton? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This, this got me. I I completely forgot that he like reverses the whole testimony. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't remember much. Yeah. So when he's just, when he looks around and then he he turns back, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, oh, you bastard. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I was in the olive oil business. That was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's having a freak out, and he's like, I mean, you got your FBI guys. They asked me some questions. They told me to say this. Mm. I was like, oh, whatever. I was like, the FBI yeah. guys look happy, so I kept saying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Hagen here, like, obviously, without him, the case is gone. Yeah. Hagen's just like, we want an apology, Senator. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Get out. Uh, but now we get a quiet little scene between Michael and Kay in the house. And this is my... 
Excellent! And my... Excellent! This scene is one of the best scenes of all time. You want to talk about acting. Yep. You look at this scene. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think the bit that struck me most was Michael or Al Pacino's just gradual change in reaction once he hears about the abortion. While, yeah. while Diane Keaton is talking to him and just cuts to Michael and his face just goes from confusion to upset to just sheer anger and like murder intent in his mm. eyes. I'm like, oh my God, I would like, I don't want to be around this guy right now. Oh, it's, yeah, it's a uh, tour de force from Al Pacino here. But also from Diane Keaton. Oh, she's fantastic as well. She She's phenomenal in this scene. It was an abortion, Michael. An abortion. Like our marriage is an abortion. I love it. <laughs> oh. And this is Michael's way of trying to... To deal with it, like he hasn't opened up to her at all, and then after after they've had the discussion about how she's she's leaving, taking the kids, and he's like, "We, you know, just you're coming with me," like because he, he gets his own way all the time. Mm. So he's like, "No, you're coming with me. We'll sort it out. I know, I know you blame me for the miscarriage, but we can work it out." Like yeah. this is the most he has opened up in the entire two movies. Yeah, and it's interesting because he knows something's coming because when they're first together, he's like, "Listen, I want to talk." I want things to change. Yeah. You know, and it's like, no, nah, it's too late. And she starts talking about um, Anthony a lot here. It's like, oh, she mentions like issues with Anthony. And Michael's just like, Anthony is fine. Anthony's not fine. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Anthony is fine. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh, in, so in his own world here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, oh, this scene. Look what's happened to our son, Michael. Maximum effect. You want to take my children? Yeah. Yeah, he's just screaming at her. Yeah. I don't I don't want to hear about it. Hover! Hover! <laughs> uh, but like Kate, she's just like, I have no love for you at all. I never thought that would happen, but it has. Yeah, this is the cl- clearly the, the lowest of lows at this point. And it's interesting because when we get to Vito next, every other time I think has been like a fade in, like a smooth fade into it. This is a hard cut. Yeah. To them getting off the train, happy, loving family, all the kids, the, the the husband and wife, just having a great time. It's it was a little bit jarring that they went for that cut for me. I thought every other time they've got the music playing, goes into a smoothing because it's so low in Michael's life now. Yeah. It would feel wrong to have the you know the nice smooth soothing Godfather music, just nice transition into you know the the the, the past. Yeah, uh, we see Sunny here. You know, in the same way we see Fredo as a sick baby, we, of course, have to see Sonny punching adults. Yes, <laughs> of course, because he's a nutcase. Yep. But no, we get uh, Don Chichi. Yes, that's Chichio. Chichio. Yes. No, Chichi was the uh, the yeah. first Senate hearing guy. Yeah, yeah Don Chichio. Uh, I thought the old man makeup was good. Yeah, it looked really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this scene's phenomenal as well. He's so calm. Oh, Vito, he's like, uh, Vito, Vito, call like, oh, I didn't hear you. What's your, what's your name? Antonio Andolini. And this is for you. And it's, it's a very effective, like, brutal-looking shot when he, like, you see the knife in him just yeah. drag him yeah. up. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh. Like, oh, oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's really good. So but- it was a shotgun shot as well. <laughs> like, it was like an explosion on him. Hmm. <laughs> But here we go. We've got back to Michael timeline. So there's definitely some more cuts now. There was but, just a, a, a go on. The last thing you see of Vito is him on the train with Michael. He says, "Say goodbye, Michael," as they as they as they drive off. And it's sort of it's almost like he's lo- he's looking to the next timeline when he's basically saying goodbye to Michael. Like this is the end of Michael. Mm. I just thought that was a nice that that single line there. Say goodbye, Michael. It's like all right, mm. this is Michael's gone downhill and he's not coming back now. You could argue it's more the goodbye of Mama though. Because we are at her funeral uh, yes. now. <laughs> yes, it is. Which is not a good sign for Fredo. 
No. <laughs> uh, but, you know, family tragedy means we get more Talia Shire, which is great. She's so good in this. This would be her... This is the better scene of the two from her, I think. Very much more much more cooler and calmer and uh Oh, she's defeated. Oh yeah. She, you know, in the first scene with Merle. Merle. Uh, you know, she's she's thinking she's top shit. She's yeah. like, ah, I just want some money. Now she's like, please, I want to come and stay home. I want my kids here. I swear she was gonna call him Godfather when she was like oh, kissing the hand. So close. <laughs> but she's just she's saying what he wants to hear. She's saying, Listen, you were just being strong for all of us the way yeah. Papa was. Like, oh exactly. how manipulative. Him, they, they just butter up Michael. They say whatever he wants to hear. <laughs> and I forgive you. Can't you forgive Fredo? He's so sweet and helpless without you. <laughs> I'm your older brother. Uh, yeah, but he does come in and hmm. somewhat make up with Fredo. I mean, Fredo looks so pathetic here. Yeah. The music is really happy, though. I yeah. thought that was interesting. I was like, I mean, I guess if you haven't seen this before, maybe like, oh, I, I guess this scene, if you if you haven't seen it before on a first-time watch, it makes the death of Fredo more impactful. Yeah, of course. Because now you don't just know what's coming. Who's the guy, who's his, his henchman, I guess, who, who kills him? What's his name? Al? Whatever it is, he is like a looming presence now. He's mm. like the Grim Reaper. Yeah. Because you've heard from Michael. Yeah, it is Al. To, yeah, to him. Yep. Nothing happens to him until mum dies. Yeah. Mum's funeral and Fredo turns around and there he is standing. I'm like, what's yeah. going to happen now? Jeez. <laughs> like, because Fredo's like gripping him so tight and Michael's just like empty inside. Yeah. And he looks at Al <laughs> and it's like... Okay, yeah, he's still fucked. Yeah. But we hear about Hyman Roth's struggles now. No country will take him. No government will accept his bribes. Yeah, which is uh, unfortunate for him because uh, they know exactly what's going to be happening to him soon. He'll be he'll be heading back to America soon. Yeah. It's funny, though, because they compare killing uh, Hyman Roth to saying it will be like trying to kill the president. No one can get to him. And Michael, of course, says, if history has taught us anything, it's that you can kill anyone. It's true. And what I love is... Just jumping ahead a little, when Roth does die, it's just, it's so much like. You're talking about um, uh, Lee, J- Lee J- Harvey yeah, Oswald? Har- yeah. Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. yeah. With his death in the airport. Like, yeah. you just crowd of people, someone just runs up, bang, gone. And he gets killed too. So yeah. you can't, you'll never be able to tie it back. Yep. Hagen's having a chat with Frank here. Is Frank is Frank in a prison here? Or is he just on the outskirts of his... Um... No, he's in prison, isn't he? Because Is he back to the barracks, maybe? He has to be back to the barracks, because when Frank kills himself, he's, he's in with a the FBI guys. Yeah. And, yeah. So he's back at the barracks. Maybe the FBI guys are trying to still turn him. So why is Hagen talking to him? Should He, he should not be allowed to talk to him. I mean, you would think not. Uh... It's a nice but moment. The... Oh, it's yeah. great. Yeah. This story here yeah. is just perfect. You get, you, it's just like, as he's having the conversation, you may as well just be winking, like, you know? Please kill yourself. Yes, please do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, because he's saying, you know, if saying that if someone in the Roman Empire, if someone um, would have a, you know, hit out on Caesar, try to kill Caesar, that if they killed themselves after, right, then their families would be taken care of. Yeah. <laughs> he talks about having a hot bath and opening his veins. This, oh, I, f- I forgot his name, the actor's name. I can see why he got nominated for supporting actor here. Like, I think he's really good. Michael Gazzo, is it? Yeah, and Lee Strasberg. Lee is, Strasberg. Is Roth. 
Yeah. Yeah. I can see why they both got nominated for supporting. Like, especially with Lee Strasberg in the first half of the movie with the yeah. whole Mo Green conversation and yep. that. And right here for Michael Gazzo, if that's his name. Uh, yeah. I thought it was really good. Here's a scene that's brutal as well. When Kay is visiting the kids. Yeah. Anthony won't hug her. Yeah. Which is odd because- Michael would have poisoned him for sure. <sighs> yeah, but if you maybe it's just because I'm remembering part three, but ah, uh, okay. Like Anthony's so against Michael and so pro K, which is obviously understandable. But it's weird that they would have this moment here where Anthony wouldn't hug K. But yeah, you're right. Like Michael's obviously been in his ear. I mean, really, like is is Michael an active father? Like, would he be seeing much of them at all? Maybe, maybe it's just Anthony feels abandoned by his mum. Mm, maybe. But oh man, the the oh. look the look on Kay's face when she's at the door. Yep, and, and Michael's she, just wants, she just wants to give Anthony a kiss and yeah. a hug, and the look on Michael's face. And I didn't know what was going to happen. I'm like, is he gonna is he gonna have some some shred of humanity here? Uh, a little bit of emotion. No, nothing. The door shuts again on her. Like, oh isn't god, that, isn't that perfect? Holy shit! <laughs> that is just, that is brutal. Yeah. Again, Diane Keaton. She's fantastic. Yep. The look on her face is just like, please, please, please. I mean, she should have got nominated over fucking Talia Shire. And I like Talia Shire in this, but how did Diane Keaton not get a nom here? I don't know, man. She's so good in this. Yeah. Michael is just just a shell now. Mm. Basically in the uh, the end point here. Yes. Fredo's about to go hop in a boat here. Yeah. He wants to take Anthony out, but uh, no. No, that's not going to happen. No. I think, is it Rocco? It's Rocco, who says, no, no, no. Or is it Hagen that takes Anthony away from Fredo? No, no, it's Connie. Oh, is it Connie that takes Anthony? Yeah, Connie, I was out saying, no, he's got uh, Anthony, oh, sorry, Michael wants to take Anthony to Reno now. Okay. And Fredo's like, okay, off you go. He, like, picks him up out of the boat. Yep. He's like, oh, I'll, I'll catch one for you. But why does Rocco go on the boat with Fredo? Like, we know. Why does Fredo think Rocco's on the boat with him? It doesn't strike me as an avid fisherman. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he can write. Maybe he knows how to use a boat. Hmm. Inter- oh, like not interesting. Well, it is interesting, but I like it how when the boat's coming along and you can and it cuts to Michael sitting in his little room by himself and you can just he can hear the boat like hmm. just sitting there pondering what's going on. Like he knows what's about to happen here. Yep. Yeah, but we sort of get these three deaths. Yeah. Like in a row here, we got Hyman Roth getting shot at the airport. Then we got Frank dead in the bath. Yeah. And then we get the the gunshot. On the lake. And we don't see Fredo die. We just no. see the gunshot and Michael just bows you, his head. You just see the gun come out just yeah. on the side of the screen. Like, if you're paying attention, you'll see just like a half of the gun on the side. Yeah. As he's saying his Hail Mary for the for the fish. Mm. Yeah. And the gunshot with the uh, the Michael reaction as he's staring out to the uh, to the ocean or the, the lake. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Now we've got a bit of an epilogue here. Yeah. I think this was the scene where they, they were trying to get uh, Marlon Brando back. Yeah, definitely. And uh, no, that didn't happen. No, it didn't. So James Kahn got, a- got paid exactly the same for this as he did for part one. Good for him. Yeah, a lot less screen time, a lot less work. Well, yes. Robert Duvall wearing a nice toupee there. Why not? <laughs> and it's it's obviously so jarring seeing Michael as not just innocent, but happy. Yeah. Like, he's smiling. He's like, yeah, happy, happy man. He's not even part of this world. Like, he's going to go draft, and every, his whole family's against it. Yeah. Especially Sonny. Tries yeah, to fight him. Fredo. It's like, good job, Mike. He's like, hey, congrats, yeah. well done. Fredo's supportive. Yeah, which is just makes it even worse of what as what has just happened. You talk to my father about my future. My future. <laughs> even there, though, he's got that little intimidation to him, doesn't he? <laughs> Interesting that he's the only one to not get up to sing yeah. his birthday to his dad. Yep. What do you make of that? I mean, I think it just shows the isolation. Yeah. Um, 
you know, like he's he's always been an outcast. Everyone's against him. Like even when he didn't want to be a part of the family, he was an outcast to the family. And then when he says, you know, I want to be a part of this family, he then becomes an outcast again. Yeah. It's it's just it's so well done this film. Yeah, and then it fades back into just Michael by himself wearing all black. Yeah. In the I guess it's the cold autumn there with the leaves blowing and yeah. and then we cut to Vito. We see Michael oh, with Vito yeah, on the on the train, yeah. Vito, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. showing those those parallels. Yeah. The lowest of lows and the highest of highs right now. And that's it for the Godfather Part Two. Any last words? Final thoughts, Dean. Uh, yeah, this film is beyond phenomenal. Uh, I just. It's it's hard and it's it's you obviously watch this film and you want to compare it to part one and the debate on you know which part is better. I think a lot of people like there's not really any animosity. Like anyone that says they like part one more, it's like yeah, fair enough. Anyone that says they like part two more, yeah, fair enough. Uh, for me though, part two is better than part one, which is funny because after I recently watched part one, I thought to myself, gee, this could actually be better than part two. Like, I really, really enjoyed The Godfather Part 1 rewatch. But after watching Part 2, like, you get get the elements of Part 1 plus more. You know, you get the origin story with Robert De Niro, which is phenomenal. You get Michael just, like, we do see parts of it in Part 1, but we see him just lost here. We see him lose control we see him at you know the height of emotions with his rage and we see him just with nothing inside can you stop taking my final thoughts i mean i'm I'm surprised you asked me to go first because because yeah whatever uh, he's saying i'm about to say too um and then but it's not just you know it's not just robert de niro and al pacino like the supporting cast is is great as well like better than great they're phenomenal this supporting cast um everyone from hagen down to you know connie they're, they're so good they're yeah. so good. I love the story. I love, you know, this tale of Michael just being so bad, so evil, and how it costs him everything, including, you know, like it starts with his own brother betraying him. Yep. You know, like this, yeah, it's just, it's an amazing story. The direction is perfect. The score is phenomenal. I think the score has the Godfather 1 score in it. Plus more. Yeah. Plus, it has the happier version, the sad version, that the new, the new sort of um, music that we hear here. It's it's just such a perfect film. This is a perfect film, which obviously gets a amazing, amazing, incredible, outstanding from me. I literally have nothing to add. I cannot even add any more to that. I'm just also <laughs> going to say it's amazing, amazing, incredible, outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> And I just looked at his notes. I was like, yeah. yeah. I mean, what do I say? Like, I'm going through it. I'm like, yeah, you hit, you hit every point. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. All right. I think the big question here is... I was the best because the crowd loved me. Where's it going to sit in your rankings? Actually, I'll go first because I don't think mine is going to be as dramatic as yours. <laughs> Why is mine going to be dramatic? Because... In the scale of where it's going to sit for me, it's sure. mainly just a question of if it's better than Godfather Part 1. Because for me, it's... Can, can you refresh uh, my and the listeners' uh, memory on where you put Godfather Part 1? So, I had the Godfather Part 1 at my number four. Okay, Where great. we... It did not get to that... Pulp Fiction, that Terminator tier. 2 and 7. Yep. Yes. Yep. This is still not going to do that. So, it's wow. whether, it's a question of whether this is going to sit at five or four for me. Whether okay. it's better than part one or not. Can I just ask before you reveal, yeah. uh, before you watched part one, were you a part one's better than two guy or a part two's better than I one guy? I was a part two is better. Okay. I'm keeping that. Part okay. two is better. Yep. Purely for everything you said, yes. I was going to say. I said it so well, Hendo. Yeah. It's part one, but more. 
Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. So, The Godfather Part 2 is my new number four of 99. Wow. 99. 99. All right, Dean. Are we going to start off at the- Let's start at you- two. Well, it has to be, because you've already just said that it's better than Part 1. Yeah. So, my current one and two, I believe, is Once Upon a Time in America and then The Godfather Part 1. Yes. It is better than The Godfather Part 1. Yes, we know that. Okay. Stop stalling. So, get to it. So, it's at least number two. Now, the question is, can it topple the beast? The beast. That is Once Upon a Time in America, which- What episode was that that I put that on? Five. Five. <laughs> We're now at episode, what, 170 or something? <laughs> yeah. So, can it topple that? So, I was doing a lot of thinking on it. As you should. And- I have a feeling that you like gangster crime films, I must say. Massively. The, ma- the mainly star Robert De Niro. Yes, this is true. <laughs> Just wait until we watch Goodfellas. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, this is my new number one. Wow. Yes. Good stuff. Yeah, I do I do now rate this higher than Once Upon a Time in America. you did before. Actually, <laughs> it's funny, because I, I do have a private list on Letterboxd of my five-star films and where... I ranked them at that point in time, which yeah. was years ago, right? Yep. Years and years ago. And I was surprised to see my literal ranking of these three films was part two, Once Upon a Time in America, part one. Oh, there you go. Even then, I separated them with Once <laughs> Upon a Time in America. So, yeah, I'm happy to say I was right years ago when I did that list, and I'm uh, keeping it that way. Very good. All right, before we continue, we'd just like to say that this show is brought to you by our awesome patrons who've been supporting the show for nearly three years, Dean. And uh, we've been doing something a little bit different over on Patreon at the moment. Have we ever? We're We've... still in the middle of our Bond series. Yeah, but we've, we were, we thought we would mix it up a bit. Let's try something new, Hendo. Yeah, we've uh, been sitting together and watching the movie and chucking the video on and having a, having a reaction to it as well with our own uh, colourful commentary and a, and a good review of the movie at the end as well. Yeah, we do do uh, yeah a 20-minute or so review on the back end of that. But the commentary is a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, we, we've we've definitely been getting into it. Yeah, absolutely. We do have the edited down version over on YouTube for the ones we've done so far, which have been Moonraker for your eyes only and Octopussy. But the patrons get the full fledged audio commentary and the video commentary. Which, uh, if you want to join up, check out all the awesome fun we have over there. Uh, go to Patreon.com/slash/TheMovieJourney. All right, mate. Let's get to. We may still have mail. Mail, mail, mail. Here it is, and this could be it. Oh. Where we have our awesome patrons give us reviews for the movies we break down. Let's start off here with Chris Beardsall. For the longest time, I've debated which film is better, part one or part two. And oftentimes, I take the easy way out and say they're equal. However, after seeing part two again and being blown away by every performance, especially De Niro's Vito Corleone, I have to give the edge to part two. It's fucking better than perfect. Six stars. <laughs> wow. Very good. Next up from Ben at the Filmbusters podcast. I've always held the opinion that The Godfather Part 2 was inferior to Part 3, but having rewatched it, I was immersed in Part 2's layers of morality, loyalty, and despair. This is where Vito gains his soul as Michael loses his. A truly dark instalment in an epic trilogy, 10 out of 10. And yes, you did hear me right, Part 3. So where would he? Where does Part 1 sit on that? Does, do you think Ben goes 1-3-2, but now he's 1-2-3? How would you not mention part one there? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I Part three, I haven't seen in at least like 10 years, probably. So uh, that'll be interesting to do when we, we actually do get to our breakdown of part three on, on the Patreon page. Of course. All right. And last one here from Nerd Revert. Just as simple as last week's review. Chef's Kiss. Five stars. Perfect. All right. Thank you very much, everyone, for your responses. But of course, we've got... Shame! 
Now, there are two types of people in this world. People who like cats or dogs, Mars bars or Snickers, Pepsi or Coke, Red Rooster or KFC. You can see where this is going. Now, I've always fancied myself as a Godfather Part 1 kind of guy. You know, it's the straightforward, classic story. So good it doesn't need to say anything else. It's, it's the one with Marlon Brando, for Christ's sake. Making a sequel to The Godfather, I mean, come on. It's, it's just silly. They're just trying to cash in. But I don't know. Everyone's got to be different. So many people coming out with the controversial opinion like Godfather 2 is better than the original. I think I think Brother Dean was one of them. And and he's all off, you know, going to bloody Red Rooster for his barbecue chicken while I'm just sitting there with my twister like, hey, what's going on? All right, funny story. The first time I saw Godfather Part 2, I thought Robert De Niro was part of the main storyline. And at the end, I was kind of, you know, disappointed that he didn't meet up with Al Pacino. I thought they were going to get together and it was all going to come together. And, and it wasn't until like the second or third time I watched it that I realized, hey, that's his, this is set like 50 years earlier. Kind of made a little more sense then, but I still didn't get like, you know, what the point of it all was. Suffice to say, you know, it's Godfather 1 for me, you know, through my teens, my early 20s. However, the last time I watched the films back-to-back was probably about 10 years ago. And only now, after re-watching Part 2, do I realise that I changed my opinion back then. And I just forgot about it. Godfather Part 2 absolutely annihilates the first one. It's so good. It, it actually makes the first one seem worse. Except, at the same time, because it's connected to Part 2, it gets a little bit of a booster as well. Part two is essentially the um the big both the beginning and the end to this uh Godfather story. So Godfather Part One is like the middle, and I was absolutely blown away by Part Two. The ending, oh my god, the ending! Such you know, suddenly this story has a powerful message. Like Vito's use of violence and revenge have been passed along to his descendants, but in this mutated fashion. Where Vito's revenge might have been justified, Michael's use of that energy is just outright monstrous. You know, it's kind of saying that this is all Vito's fault. This is his legacy. It's what his actions have created and left behind. You know, I, I never expected the stuff with Vito to tie in so perfectly with the current timeline. I'd completely forgotten the film's message. The Godfather Part 2 is so much deeper than the first one. I just I just love that flashback scene with Sonny and, and the others where everything about the family that was in Godfather Part 1 is actually what's lost. Michael's transformation is complete. His father couldn't forgive his enemies and now Michael can't even forgive his own family. Absolutely sensational film. I, you know, already had them both hovering, you know, probably just outside my top 10. But after watching the second one, both Godfathers are pushing right up in there, all the way deeper, you know. What else can I say? Five beautiful stars. Excellent review, Shane. A lot yes. of good points there about the... Longest uh, review so far, I reckon. Uh, nah, a lot of good points about how Vito takes his revenge and how that compares with Michael taking his revenge. Mm-hmm. That was good. Excellent. Well done, Shane. So, what's next? All right, Breakdown 100 after this is, of course, The Shawshank Redemption. Of course. But before that, we are, we have a little announcement of a new new series we're doing here, Dean. Oh, of course. 
You took yes. me off guard there, but yes, I do know what you're talking about. Yes, well, obviously <laughs> we do our Pod V Pods, but we are we're starting a tournament series, Pod V Pod. Tournament of champions. Not yet. <laughs> no, we have 16 former Pod V Podders coming in to battle each other in a 1v1 elimination style tournament series that uh, you and I will be hosting. We will not be participating in the, the questions. Maybe got to give them a little chance to win. What do you reckon? I mean... Considering my last efforts in a pod v pod, <laughs> I'm not sure anyone's very afraid. <laughs> no, so next week will be our first match, and we'll be doing that every second week from now on. So we'll go back to the pod v pod, and then a breakdown, then a pod v pod, etc., etc. So it should be good fun. Let's hope this uh, if this goes well, we might uh, might do another one, might continue on with it. I I think it uh could be good. We'll see how we go. I'm sure it'll go well, Hendo. All right, but until then, thank you very much, everyone, for checking out the episode, and we'll see you next week for pod v pod. Bye.